0: State, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. The
1: triangle formation of the near side, JD's foot out left. They look left, back to throw is Adrian. He could step up and he's going to try to run for the pylon. He's to the five, he lays out, he's in! That's a
0: two-point play for Nebraska, and they've tied this game in champagne at 35 apiece. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp, and Ben McLaughlin. Thank you. Welcome. Our
1: Wednesday night show here on Sports Island. Glad you've dialed us up here tonight. Great hour coming up. We're going to hear from Carlos Davis a little bit later on in the hour. He got drafted over the weekend by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jeremiah Searle is going to get a chance to catch up with one of the twins. We heard from Khalil a couple of weeks ago. Now we'll hear from Carlos about his exciting news. But we're going to start the hour, as we have for the last several Wednesdays, with the president of the University of Nebraska, Ted Carter. Good evening. Ted, how are you tonight?
2: Good evening. I'm great. How are you doing tonight?
1: Fantastic. The sun is out, and, and uh, that always puts a smile on my face. You know, Ted, I think we kind of... Maybe you've lost track of of the semester because of everything else that we're dealing with, but this is the last week of classes, final start next week. It's a semester that nobody's going to forget, whether you're a student, a faculty member. It has been one that uh, they will talk about for decades to come. How do you feel like the students and your faculty have adapted to the, the newness of the last month and a half?
2: Well there's no doubt this, uh, this situation that we're in is not one that anybody anticipated or wanted, but to the, uh, the class of 2020, those that are fin- taking their last final exams that'll graduate and do their commencement exercises here in a couple weeks, uh, they will go down in history as uh, the most uh, remembered class for the resiliency, for what they've done, and for our faculty and staff for them to adapt and go from uh, you know what was kind of like business as usual in January, and then to shift to go to complete remote education and deliver that mission the way that they've done. You know, again, none of of us are particularly happy with the situation that we have to deal with, but given where we are, we should all just take a step back and thank our faculty, thank our staff, and really thank our students for stepping up and doing such a great job.
1: Absolutely. And best of luck to those students who will start their final exams come Monday at the various campuses around the state. Well, that's this school year. You made a big announcement, Ted, last Friday about next fall. You have gone on record saying you're going to have plans in place to welcome students back to campus. Tell us about the thinking that went into this decision and the reasoning for making the announcement here in
0: April.
2: Well, Greg, as you know, we have probably been, we've been working on this for uh, not just uh, last week, but really uh, since COVID-19 hit us uh, from that moment we decided to go to remote education to the moment we decided that, you know, for this summer we would go to remote education. But we wanted to have a path uh, to get to uh, being on campus for our educational mission. Uh, I want to give the students, their families, as well as our faculty and staff, uh something that everybody right now has been yearning for and that is a sense of predictability uh, for those that might critique us and say this was a little too early i would say you know we have a lot of things that we know there's still a few things that we don't know but we have a path to make sure that we do this safely and that we will have you know our education mission happening on campus i'm excited the response has been terrific um, And for those uh, students that were still wondering about whether or not they were gonna decide to come back to campus or a new prospective freshman, we've given them an extra set of time. We moved our deadline for decision from, you know, one May to one June. And by making this announcement now, we've given everybody that, you know, that decision space so they can come and get that on-campus experience. And we're hearing that from families, from our students. They are aching for that. 65% of students across the country said they don't wanna do online education. They want to be back on campus. We heard that and uh, we want them back on campus too. So this was an important decision. Uh, we're doing this based on data, science. Uh, we have an extensive checklist of things that we're going to go through to make sure that our campuses are safe for everybody involved.
1: And that may, that may require some social distancing, I would guess, too. You probably may have to think about how you set up some classrooms as you move through the summer get ready to welcome everybody back in the fall
2: bit differently. I mean, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, uh, the the next uh, semester in the fall is not going to be business as usual. We knew that coming out of here. Uh, There may be still some uh, things that we have learned uh, through COVID-19 that we're still going to apply. Things like physical distancing. Uh, We may be seeing students where, uh, you know, some some sort of face masks uh, going across campus and even uh, getting into some of the classrooms will be more spread out. We'll be thinking about that through the dorms through our eating facilities, our dining facilities. Uh, So yes, it will not be exactly business as usual, but that's for the safety of our students and our staff.
1: Ted, you mentioned earlier about having to read, learn how to teach via Zoom, via conference, and whatever with, has, was necessary to finish out this semester. I'm sure that doesn't cover everything. I mean, a big part of it, a big mission of university is research projects and some collaborative work. How has that been affected? And, and I'm sure those folks can't wait to get back to kind of a normal, to be back into their system, to get up to doing what they do on a, on a daily basis.
2: Right. Well, some per- parts of the uh... – you know, education are definitely experiential. Think about laboratories uh, and some of those type of, uh, uh, those items, but as well as the research and development part of our mission, uh, we kept that going through a lot of this. And when we got to the point where we had to, you know, physically close the campuses, we had to close that down. So we'll be opening that spigot back up. Uh, that'll be back on uh, in full bore. You know, those are not as crowded areas where we do some of that work uh, and that research. Uh, But even for those lab spaces, uh, we want to be able to get back to the experiential type of learning that we're so good at. And this is what students are yearning for to come back to campus.
1: Again, visiting the University of Nebraska, President Ted Carter here on Sports Island on the Husker Sports Network. We're so lucky to have so many experts, Ted, right in our backyard with the university uh, planning for these next few months. You referenced UNMC earlier. I know they're working on some tools to help you developed to put the plan in safe for a a safe return to in-person learning. Can you you give us a few hints on some of the tools that are in the works?
2: Yeah, so we've been working with our UNMC partners and sharing a draft checklist with our chancellors. Uh, It's still in draft. We're still working on it, but uh, there's enough there uh, that will give us a very clear path with separation and timing, understanding what we have to do to clean our facilities, go through the engineering decisions we have to do, the physical spacing, and then even the uh, kind of the dashboard metrics that will show us, given that we know we're gonna have an extensive amount, a lot more testing available, uh, as well as the contact tracing capability that we will build in. So we'll have day-to-day knowledge of where coronavirus uh, might be uh, either existing on our campus or if there's an acceleration of it. So we'll be able to react uh, and isolate and manage that much more capably than we have been over the last few months. Uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, This is not going to only apply to our four main campuses in the university system. We will be sharing this with the state colleges, our community colleges, our K-12 partners, and even those from out of our state. You know, There are a lot of universities and colleges all over the country that are saying, hey, we intend to be open in the fall. A lot of them are doing that just because they say, if we don't, the economics are going to crush us. So, you know, this is more than wishful thinking. Uh, As I've said in some of my communications, as I've come to know Nebraska's already, uh, Nebraskans are problem solvers, not problem gazers. So we are going after this in a problem-solving way to make sure that we're using science and data and logic and a lot of it's common sense for how we're going to approach this.
1: Ted, last Wednesday we talked about Nebraska Promise. You announced that about 10 days ago. What kind of feedback have you had on that? Again, kind of maybe get people up to speed what it exactly is, and how do you think that's going to help move the needle on the goals for economic growth in Nebraska?
2: Well, there's no doubt that uh, we want to make sure that we have as large of an enrollment class for the uh, academic year 2020 going into 2021 as we can possibly have. Uh, by virtue of making that announcement, where we have offered that tuition for free to families whose adjusted gross income is $60,000 or less, had an immediate response. So on all of our campuses, especially here at the uh, Lincoln, uh, we have seen an uptick in applications, and those that put in for um, financial aid, uh, we're excited about that. Uh, We were a little bit down on Nebraska applications, as you would expect going into a couple weeks ago. We're closing that gap very quickly. The announcement of uh, opening our campus in the fall uh, is also starting to close that gap. You know, at the end of the day, uh, we want to be different than the other campuses across the country. Everyone's expecting some enrollment dips Uh, going into the fall. And yes, we understand there may be some students that still want to use online education as opposed to being on campus. We'll have those opportunities there. But we know that the on-campus experience is so much better than the online program. I mean, you can get the academic mission, but to get that whole person education where you get the social, the emotional, as well as the full academic, as well as the experiential part of being on campus, Uh, That is really what the the college experience is all about. So we're excited about the combination of Nebraska Promise plus our dedication to being open in the fall. Uh, We are seeing the enrollment numbers starting to look better. Uh, And I wanna say to all those potential students out there, uh, we want you to come be here in Nebraska.
1: Fantastic. It is a wonderful initiative that you launched about 10 days ago. Well, the governor has been uh, announcing some, some loosening of some of the restrictions for our communities um, in, in the coming weeks. I know people are excited about that because it can maybe give them a sense of normalcy back in your life. I know Husker fans can't wait to get back in our venues and support their teams. What is it you're looking forward to once we get back to kind of a normal life again? Is there something you can't wait to get, get doing again?
2: Well, as you know, I'm here in downtown Lincoln right now, and I'm looking forward to just seeing people in the downtown area, whether they're going to a sporting event, coming back, or just enjoying the venues that are here in downtown. Uh, any return to normalcy, even though it'll take a while for us to get back to that full normal, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And of course, uh, as we'll follow what uh, NCAA and the rest of uh, you know, what will allow us to go back to those full large scale events, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, just being in a sporting venue uh, with Nebraska fans cheering on their Huskers, uh, screaming, go big red. I'm looking forward to that. Day.
1: No doubt. Ted, thank you so much. We appreciate it. this. It's so valuable to hear you and give, give the update to the folks. And we'll do this again next Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Try to get out maybe have a walk on some of this beautiful weather we've been having.
2: All right. Thanks, Greg.
3: Welcome to another edition of Husker Huddle. I'm your host, Jeremiah Searles, presented by SAP Brothers. Today we are joined by the newest member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the 232nd pick overall, Carlos Davis. Carlos, how you doing, man?
4: I'm doing good, man. It's uh, been busy these last couple days, but it's, it's been fun.
3: I bet, man. I'm so excited for you and your brother, Khalil, and really all the Huskers that are getting a chance here. Let's go right into it, man. Let's talk about let's talk about draft day. I mean, the emotions that I'm sure you went through and your family went through. I mean, how did how did draft weekend start off for you, and then it ended up at the climax there of you guys both getting picked. Walk us through what that was like for you guys.
4: Yeah, we uh, the first day we I went I was uh, the first day of the, the draft. I was over at my friend's house and we were just kind of watching the draft and just seeing dudes I know that. Uh, in the draft, get drafted, we just kind of hung out there. And then day two, yeah, day two, we just kind of sat around. We thought we might hear our names on day two, and we didn't. So we knew on day three that was a day to, uh, like, really, you know, get dressed and get the food ready. And I only had, like, nine people over. Um, so we knew that we would go on day three, but it was just a waiting game. Um, but. uh People, we started at 10, and we didn't get done till like nine or 10 o'clock. Just looking at a TV for that long, and uh, but so people started going to sleep. We were eating. People got tired. I went downstairs to go recharge my phone, and uh, right about right around like five or six, Khalil got the call from the, the Bucks, and then I knew I would be shortly after. And it, it it was only 30 minutes, but it it felt like an hour or two. And then I got
3: the call from uh, the Steelers. Man, that's so awesome! That video of you guys all celebrating there—just, I mean, it just makes me so happy for you guys. That—that—that that, that is a long day. It's a long waiting game. I remember sitting there watching the TV during my draft day. I mean, you can start to wonder. You see, you guys go. But how happy are you to land where you were? How much communication with the Steelers with the, with all the pre-draft stuff had you had? Have you talked with them at all?
4: Yeah, yeah, I had. I was originally supposed to do, they were supposed to fly, me and Khalil up to their facility and do like a workout with the team. The 30 visitors? Yeah. And then uh, COVID-19 happened and that got canceled. So then we did a FaceTime with them and then that was pretty much it. But it it was a good, like, I had a good time talking with him, uh, Mike Tomlin, the GM, and uh, we really had a good time. We just kind of got to know each other. And uh, they just kind of wanted to know my background, you know, some of the stuff I did at Nebraska, legal-wise, the parties and all that. And uh, on the phone, uh, when I got off the phone, when they called me on draft day, Mike Tomlin, he was like, uh, enjoy yourself. Because he heard my family screaming in the background. He said, just don't throw any parties. Uh, (laughs) He he knows about that stuff, which is kind of funny. So...
3: I mean, it's wild that the NFL knows all. Um, and I tell people that all the time, like there's, there's nothing you can't hide from the NFL. They will find everything and uh, it's pretty impressive. But I mean, so what, what's the plan now, Carlos? I don't know how the NFL is handling the rookie class. Are they giving you much direction as far as what's next and where you're going to be doing and how this is all going to fold out?
4: Yeah, so really, um, we can't do much. I can't meet with the team as a whole. I can only meet with my D-line coach person, like, one-on-one through um, a site that they use. And so I'm on, for the Steelers, the eighth and the tenth is when they're going to have rookie minicamp, but it's really virtually. And so I guess I'll be watching film with them and, and doing stuff, and they, they sent me um, workouts to do as well. But they don't, they don't want me to do it right now, they just want me to continue doing the workouts I was doing. They don't want me to get hurt or nothing and stuff like that. And
3: uh, that's pretty much it right now. It's crazy. I mean, I, I mean, I was talking with some guys and, I mean, the rookie class this year is going to have an uphill battle facing it because I think that your guys' first taste of the NFL will actually be training camp and you won't get that spring. And so being ready to go and then my, the only advice I can give you there is just be in the best shape of your life when you show up, man, because it's a, it's a different ball game. But so with that being said, where are you going to go? Are you going to stay back home now are you going to head back to Lincoln are you going to try and start just kind of finding places to put roots down or what's the, what's the next steps for you and your brother
4: yeah i we really had a good place to work out in Lincoln, and I wanted to go back, but I just you know I moved out of my apartment on the nineteenth uh, and I came back to Kansas City and uh, I really don't know we're, we're just kind of training up the high school at our high school right now. I want to go back, but you know We'll see. We'll see how that all folds out. So I haven't decided yet with the parents and Khalil and talked about it with Khalil and everything. We'll see how it goes.
3: Yeah, well, we want to thank, again, Sap Brothers for sponsoring Husker Huddle. And they want to remind you that their top priority is to keep guests and teammates safe. Sap Brothers is offering full service at the pump as our nation relies on drivers and farmers now more than ever to provide essentials to our communities. Sap Brothers is committed to serving you. Carlos, you got a nice road ahead of you here. What are some goals for you this year as you go into the first year of your NFL career? What are some things that you have uh, talked with your agent, talked with uh, our guy Rob Vaca about, just some personal goals for you as you head into year one of the NFL?
4: Yeah, biggest thing is to just make the team and uh, really fill any spots they need. I know uh, Javon Hargraves just left
3: Mm -hmm.
4: and see, so I know there's a lack in that position. So it's still i uh, I'm still figuring out if I'm gonna play nose or the three take so and if they need me to play special teams I'll, I'll do that too. So it's really anywhere they need
3: me I'm gonna go and try find the spot. That's the mentality to have. I mean you were let's talk a little bit about your Husker career now. You played all over the place here. You played DN. You played nose. You played D tackle. I think that that all helped you. What now that you're out now you've been out of the you've been out of the Huskers now for a few months. You've been able to look back and reflect and. What are some key takeaways you took from your Husker career here that you know were going to maybe at the time felt really challenging or felt really like you were getting the short end of the stick, but as you look back, you see how they're going to help you grow as a player. I mean, what are some key takeaways you took from your Husker playing career?
4: Really, it was just uh, dealing with a new coach every year, new head coach, and trying to prove yourself every time and, you know, make relationships with people um, quick and – Just prove yourself. And I think that was something that helped me with each staff is just always proving myself and knowing that I have to, uh, can't take any days off really if I'm trying to get that spot. So that's something that I think is going to help me going into uh, the league now is just to work my tail off in a fight every day.
3: Absolutely. You're going to have to fight every single day to keep making that spot. All right, let's shift gears. Let's talk a little Husker football here. I mean, obviously, we lose yourself. We lose Cleo. We lose Darian Daniels, who's now headed up to the 49ers. I mean, there's a lot of holes on this defensive line. You being a part of that room for as long as you did. Obviously, with no spring, fans and people are going to be looking, man, who's going to step up and who's going to step into those roles? Give us an insight. Who are some guys next year you're excited about to see their growth and their development as they step into those starting positions on that defensive front?
4: Well, uh, we'll start off with uh, Ben Stilley. I think Ben is a good leader in that room. You know, I've always looked up to him. He's a a student of the game as well. And he really knows his uh, stuff. And I think he's just going to have to corral that room. And he's the only senior right now. So just he's going to really have to rally those uh, younger juniors and those sophomores together and get some uh, more leadership besides him. And uh, I think uh, Damian, With his situation and everything, I I hope he gets back on the field. But DT is going to be another spot that's going to have to step up and be a starter as well and just corral those younger guys. And uh, I think um, King Green is going to be, he's improved a lot since the time I left. And when I saw him when I came after the combine, his body has really improved as well. And he should be a good help to that that defense uh, line as well.
3: What, what, what other positions are you excited for to watch this year? Is there certain guys, maybe both sides of the ball, um, that you're excited for that you can give us a, a little sneak peek of you're inside those walls, you get to see those guys. Who are some guys next year you would you would highlight and say watch out for these guys that maybe were young last year or didn't have a great big year? I mean, you just said Keem Green, but maybe what are some other guys?
4: Um, I'm really excited for uh, Deontay Williams to come back. I know he was hurt last year, and that was a big part of our secondary that we needed. But having him back, and uh, Di- DiCaprio and all those guys, Cam, I'm really impressed by um, the way he came out. He's gonna have to step up and be a leader as well. Um, the linebacker group, I'm really excited for Colin, Will Honus, and um, one of those younger dudes, uh, um, Garrett Nelson. I know he played a lot last year as a freshman, so he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be coming back. And uh, I'm really excited to see those. Uh, Blaze Gunderson, I, I kind of, I-, I really like him. So I hope he gets on the field or either special teams or somewhere and just make an impact.
3: Awesome man. Well we're gonna be we're so excited for you and your brother and we thank you for everything you did here at Nebraska and we're excited to watch and continue your next steps here. Um, that wraps up for this edition of Husker Huddle presented by SAP Brothers. Carlos man, stay safe, stay healthy, and make sure when you show up, man, you're ready to go and continue just do what you do, man. Put your head down and work. I appreciate you taking this little bit of time to join us here and uh, go Steelers, man. Yes, sir, thank you. Absolutely, take care of yourself, brother.
0: It's time for Famous Dave's Face-Off. He the Face-Off! Famous Dave's, America's favorite barbecue, offers award-winning, mouth-watering, house-smoked barbecue for pickup, curbside, or delivery. Order three ways, online at famousdaves.com, through the Famous Dave's app, or call your nearest location in Lincoln, Omaha, or Bellevue. Famous Dave's, locally and veteran owned.
4: Let's go, mano a mano. You and me, right here, right now.
0: Now, here are your hosts, Josh Hilkeman and Brett Whitty.
5: All right, here we go again. Well, this is a, uh, this, there was a turning point last week, I believe, when Ben won that game. If, if Greg, if you had come away with that victory, we might have had to start thinking about shutting the game down because it would have been <laughs> a little bit too lopsided. But Ben, you, you, kept, you kept in there, and you, you kept fighting hard, and you got the win last week.
6: Yeah, and it was a dominant win too. I needed that one for multiple reasons. Yep. I just remember how hard the questions
1: were.
5: Oh, Holy they were. Moly. They were. They were tough. No doubt about it. They, I think we eased up a little bit this week. Uh, Brett, you can jump in here if you want and uh, contribute. But I, you know, I I think that they we made it a little bit easier this week. What do you think, Brett?
4: <laughs>
7: I, I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak too soon, honestly. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We'll, we'll see how, how the answers come in, and we'll,
2: we'll. That's true.
5: That's true. Judge it based <laughs> ben, on Ben. Uh, ben always says, "Just wait till you're in the chair getting." Asked exactly. See,
7: it's, I don't want to. I don't want to kill him here and say it's easy, and then have him, you know.
5: Yeah. No. Not that's, do so hot. that's fair. That's fair. All right. Let's jump in. Question number one here on Face Off: Name the four teams that Nebraska volleyball has defeated to win national championships. Greg, Ben. All right, Greg, you're first. Ooh. Let's and, go. Oh, I'm sorry. I was yeah, I was gonna finish reading the question. One of the teams <laughs> they beat in two different title matches. So. Okay, uh, the Stanford Cardinal. Is Stanford one of the answers? <laughs> sure. Is. They beat Stanford in 2006. Okay, I'm gonna play. All right, I love it. Let's go to the Texas Longhorns. Is Texas up there? That is the team that they beat twice. They beat them in nineteen ninety-five for their first one and then in two thousand fifteen. So that's three
1: of their titles, right? That's correct. So you have okay. two left. The Florida Gators. How about
5: Florida? Yes. All right, one good. I'm gonna go
1: this would be pre Big Ten, but Penn State Nittany Lions. Is it Penn State?
5: So you have have Texas, Stanford, and Florida. Let's go um, the Hawaii Rainbows. Is Hawaii up there? (laughs) All right, two strikes. One to go. go.
1: Man, I feel like it's the first one. And I remember we had Terry Pettit on a month or so ago, and he was talking about breaking through, and I think it was 95.
5: 95 was Texas, so you already no. got that one. Right. So You've got t- 95 in 2015 Texas, Stanford 2006, Florida 2017, so you've got one left.
1: One left, okay.
5: Um, I'm going to go the Washington Huskies. Is it Washington? Mm, that's incorrect. So three strikes. Ben can steal it. Ben can steal it. You've got one Ooh. chance here to steal it.
6: Ugh. Can you give me the years again or no?
5: I can give you the years of the yeah. answers, but I won't yeah. give you the last one. Uh, so you won't give me the answer? Greg, uh, yeah, I will not give you the answer. I've done that once. That's the last time. Uh, Greg guessed Texas, which is correct. That was 95 in 2015. He also said Stanford. That was a 2006 national title. And he said Florida, which was in 2017. So you're missing one more team from one more year, the Nebraska volleyball beat. I
6: really thought it was Hawaii. Yeah. Um.
5: The Wisconsin Badgers. Is it? Wisconsin. It is. Wow. That was in the year 2000. When John Cook was the head coach? Yep. It was when John Cook had just taken over his first year. He beat the team that he had just been the head coach of a couple Man. years before.
7: That was like solid steel.
5: That was, yeah, that was. That <laughs> was good Thanks, steel. Brett. That's
7: the nicest thing you've ever <laughs> said to me. Oh, on air, maybe? Yeah, I okay. guess. <laughs> on air. <laughs> All right, all right question number two Ben up one nothing here uh, Who are the four teams in the AFC South division of the NFL Ben? ben.
5: Ooh. Ben. I think Whoa. you got it by no uh, yeah. That's the closest buzzing we've had yet, but I heard the beat. I You're honestly beat.
7: yeah, I couldn't tell Houston Texans show me
6: Houston
5: <laughs> yep. is, All right, are you gonna pass your play
6: I'm going to play okay all right three left the Indianapolis Colts. Show me the Colts. <laughs> two more. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Are the Jaguars on the board? <laughs> and for the green sheet. The Tennessee Titans. Titans. <laughs>
5: that was literally a matter of like. Milliseconds right there, Greg. I'm sure you would have been able to run the table, too. Yeah, yeah. That's tough. That's tough luck there, but so it goes. And just as a reminder, you can buzz in before the question is done being asked if you're very confident. I
6: honestly thought there was more to the question. Right, right, right. (laughs) It was too easy.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. All right, on to question number three. Who are the top five Husker sack leaders in the 2019 season? Greg. All right, Greg, for shot. Khalil Davis. How about Khalil Davis? Yeah. He uh, led the way for the Huskers with eight sacks in 2019. Are you going to pass or play on this one? Um, I'm going to pass. Ooh, okay. Over oh, to you, man. Ben. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. um
6: I'm going to say, I'll say
5: Carlos Davis. <laughs> How about Carlos Davis? Yes, those are the top two. <laughs> All right. But Carlos with four. There's a reason why those guys got drafted. Mm-hmm. Top two te- top two in the uh, sacks column for the Huskers last year.
6: JoJo Doman.
5: Ooh, that's an interesting one. Is JoJo Doman on there? He sure is. He... Uh, had two and a half. That is good. Enough okay, so for top two and five. a half.
6: That's good. That's a good number because that tells me I can go a little more riskier. Pick Alex Davis. How about Alex Davis?
5: Not oh. up there. Didn't get two and a half, huh? Um, and, uh, Garrett Nelson. How about Garrett Nelson? Again, no. Oh. It's two strikes. Jeez. Um. Ben Stilley. How about Ben Stilley? <laughs> okay. Went for that one. Ooh. Two left? Just one left. Just one. Oh, one left. Okay. You, so Greg got Khalil Davis. You've gotten Carlos Davis, Jojo Doman, and Ben Stilley. One to go. I, 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 I got two guys, and I don't know which one to guess. <laughs> this, is, um, this is tough.
6: Uh, oh man, I'm, I'm giving this away <laughs> if I get it wrong. Mo Berry, is
5: it Mo Berry? It is not. All right, Greg.
1: I was hoping you weren't going to say Stilly because that was yeah, the that was... one that I was—that was the one I was sure of. Yep. Mm-hmm.
5: All right, you got a chance to steal. To... Um. I...
1: <sighs> I know Lamar Jackson had a sack early in the season, but it might have been his only one.
6: Oh, I might know who it is. Um, I don't know if he got that or not. I
5: don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to say Darian Daniels. How About Darian Daniels. Oh, that's the fifth guy, Caleb Tanner. Oh wow, that's okay. not for the fourth, other guy actually. I was thinking
6: of. That maybe had it was Cam Taylor Britt. Yeah, but there, Greg Darian was my other. I was deciding between Mo and Darian. Hmm. Man, Ben's just wiping
7: the floor with me today.
5: He is. It's three <laughs> zero, and a chance for a sweep as we get to question number four.
7: Yeah. All right. We move on. Question number four here. Ben leading three nothing needs one more for the win here. Name the starting five players for the nineteen ninety two Olympic Dream Team.
5: Ben. ben. Oh, Ben. Ben. Gets by a nose. Michael Jordan.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Show me Michael
6: Jordan. I'm going to play it. Okay. He'll play. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Magic
7: Johnson. Magic Johnson.
6: All right, three left. Larry Bird. Do we have
7: Larry Bird? Two left, one strike. Um Hakeem Olajuwon. Is Hakeem the Dream on there? Oh. He has not two strikes. One more, it goes to Greg.
6: Man. I'm having a hard time even coming up with a name. Um, <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Do we have Kareem
7: Abdul-Jabbar? Oh. We do not. And Greg, for the steal. Now we're missing the center. We are yeah. missing two players. Yep. We've so, gotten Larry Bird, um, Michael Jordan, and Magic Johnson. So.
1: All right, I'm, I'm going to tell you who I'm down between. I'm down between Patrick Ewing, Carl mm-hmm. Malone, Okay. Or Alonzo Mourning. Those are okay. my three. Um, I really want
5: to say something right I, now, but I'm not going to. I, no
7: hints. No, no hints.
5: hints I, I, I'm either.
7: gonna. I'm gonna go Carl Malone. All right. Do we have Carl Malone for the steal? Oh. oh, Greg. Greg, your first one. Patrick, Patrick Dewey, Ewing. He was on yep. there. It was Patrick Ewing
6: and Charles Barkley. Barkley.
5: Yeah,
1: around round mound Mar- of rebound.
6: It was Barkley or Malone as a power See, I was forward. thinking big guy too, but I couldn't come up with one.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, obviously those guys are on the team, but they were not in the starting five for most of the Olympic yeah. dream so, team. So, year. Ben,
6: the last two weeks. Sweeps. Yeah. Just coming out of just nowhere. Blasting me. Yeah. That, that one was doesn't feel as good because week. that last subject was pretty brutal. Because do we, do, we, do we miss two of them?
7: Yeah. We starter. didn't even
6: get. We didn't even get four of the
5: five. Yeah, they're tough. Yes. Yeah, see,
7: this is why I didn't say it was going to be easy.
5: <laughs> right. It was. Yeah. The and honestly, like the last few, I don't know how you guys would have done. Those were kind of, I don't know, gray areas as far as how I thought you would do. But yeah, I. Those that one was tough. That one was a little bit tougher there. Number four.
1: Dang. Should have gone with the center instead of the power forward.
5: Yeah. No, that was. I,
1: that wasn't was was Morning on the team? Alonzo Morning on the team or I'm not,
5: not sure if he was. Um, Malone was. Malone for sure was when I was looking that up. Let me I can look that up. But yeah, the I know for sure that um
6: So it was you it was
7: it Ewing
6: Ewing and Barkley were the two
5: we didn't yes. get. Yep.
6: Yeah, Malone was on there. Who else was on there? Do we have the roster? Yeah I'm pulling. Yeah, I've got the right roster. There.
7: Christian Leitner, David Robinson. Leiter was the Pippen. collegiate player. Yep, had mm-hmm.
6: one collegiate players. Leiter, Clyde
7: Drexler, John Stockton, Chris Mullen, yeah, and the rest of the starters. Gosh, darn it! I should have got that with Ewing. Should have gone with the center, not the power forward.
5: Yep, it's all right. There you go, Ben. You've you've redeemed wow. yourself the last couple weeks. This isn't have, even
1: this isn't even a fair fight right now.
5: Have we tied? Have we? Yeah, what are, yeah, we, what are yeah, the totals tied? Now. It's now three three. Yeah. So Greg, you won wow. in week one by a four to three. Uh, score. Then Ben, you came back and won four to three the next week. So the first two weeks we got just two got classics. To the seventh. Yep. Uh, and then week three, it was. They've been good. all blowouts. Well, and then yeah, Greg. Week three was four to <laughs> yeah. two, and then four nothing, Greg in week four last week. I haven't won in one, three ben. weeks. Yeah, you it, haven't won it, since mid mid April.
7: It seems like somebody comes with just more sports knowledge for the day that day.
5: Yeah. Each time. <laughs> So uh, actually, I have the totals now for round total rounds one. I've added that up quickly. So Ben, you actually have now taken the lead in rounds one by one. So you uh, wow are up seventeen to sixteen in in rounds. So there you go. All right, wow. so good. really
1: to... hoping you weren't going to say Ben Stilly because I knew that was one of the ones. <laughs> yeah, you, that would you, you would've were down your last that. strike on that one. Yep, and w- and Wisconsin I was clutch too.
5: Yeah, oh, that was that. See, was a, I, a great way to start it out there. Ben that was that was clutch.
2: Greg you Swiped were... it
1: right from underneath you. Yep. Well I said I thought it was a big 10 team and I went Penn State you did. and then when that I was, was in Penn guess, State I'm like eh. yeah. Oh well. There you, you right. go.
0: Ben's the champion. His voice will sound familiar.
8: And that ball's gone. Bye bye, baseball.
0: His knowledge is endless.
8: He looked so fast,
0: it was unbelievable. He's our Major League Baseball insider. Just ate a brownie, so I'm ready to go. Lane Grindle.
1: Well, it's been a while. Unfortunately, normally this time of the year, you're making a weekly visit with us. How are you doing? Everybody okay in the family? Yeah, everybody's doing great. Uh, Greg, it's,
8: it's, this is a new normal for everybody right now. I think we're all having our, our good days and our bad days, but yeah, keeping in perspective that there's a lot of people that have been affected by the virus and a lot of great people on the front lines that are doing some heroic work, trying to keep us all safe. And so um, even though we have days where maybe homeschooling's not as fun as, it, as we think it could be or uh, we just wanna get outside and it's raining, those are pretty small problems compared to what the rest of the world is dealing with. So we also, uh, like, like I'm sure so many of, of, of your viewers and listeners would agree, we're kind of the lucky ones. And so we're getting through it. Uh, luckily, Allie's a teacher, and that's helped a lot in the homeschooling thing, because I've, I've learned one thing. I would be very <laughs> bad at it.
1: well uh i know major league baseball the the buzzword around the country right now is testing 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 and major league baseball stepped up and said hey we're gonna make 10,000 people available to do get kind of a sample out there um how much were the brewers involved in that and were you involved in that at all
8: yeah uh i was that was a really neat thing to be honest with you We, we got an email um i think it was about two weeks ago basically saying look um we've got this test available and it's totally it's not mandatory it's up to you if you want to do it or not but you're you're welcome to it's first come first serve type of thing and and i was available to myself and and, and ally my wife and so i asked her immediately and we were both all in like let, let's do this and uh it was it was it was interesting to be honest with you um I'm not the best at following directions, you know, I get like a Lego kit, I'm not looking at the directions, I'm just building it, or or if I'm assembling a bike, I like to eyeball it. So this was one of those, you had to read the directions to make sure you were doing it accurately to get the right tests. But um, yeah, and I hope that they'll be able to get some things from that. Uh, I think all of this testing is is good. It's hopefully giving the experts more information as they try to combat this virus. and and learn more about how it spreads and, and how it exists and, and what the antibodies might be able to do in, in providing uh, you know future future defense against this virus so uh, that was neat to be a part of it I was glad to be a part of it and um, you know we haven't really we got real-time results that day uh, on the test and I haven't heard really anything else since then um, of like you know will we find out more will will there be I, I really don't know. But uh, it seemed like a pretty simple thing to do to step up and do and and was glad we were a part of
1: it. Lane, we've heard several different scenarios. There was one floated a couple of weeks ago about the teams returning to their spring training sites and maybe breaking things down into the cactus and the grapefruit league. That's kind of died off a little bit now. The the latest one is about everybody going back to their own ballparks and playing their own ballparks with no fans and maybe three 10 team decisions that divisions, that seems to me to be fairly logical. And I'm sure you would probably prefer that too, the players because you can be at least home for, for a good chunk of this thing.
8: Yeah. I think there's been a lot of different scenarios that have been floated and it's, it's hard to know which one will land on. I don't, I know what I'm in favor of. I'm in favor of baseball. So whatever major league baseball decides and however logistically they're going to put that together and whenever the timing is right in terms of it's going to be safe and um, appropriate for us to play, then let's go. That's, that's, that's my take, and I think a lot of people probably feel the same way. Um, from one plan to the next, I, I'm sure there's pluses and minuses. There may be more plans we don't even know about. It's, it's, it's hard to know exactly what Major League Baseball is going to end up doing here because I don't think they know for sure, right? Like they're they're going through a lot of contingency plans, I'm sure, and they're looking at a lot of different dates and so much of it is just dependent upon what the virus does. So I, I'm for whatever plan they come up with, as long as it's baseball and I get to call baseball and that it's a safe and appropriate thing to do. I think it's gonna be a great thing for the country when that moment comes. It'll be great to have some real sports content and I hope it comes sooner rather than later, but again, we just have to follow what the healthcare professionals say and how they guide us in this. But um, I think when we do get back to baseball, it's it's going to be neat. No matter what it is, if there's no fans in the stands or whatever, no matter what the scenario is, it's going to be really exciting when we get back to baseball.
1: Once the green light is given, how much time do you think teams need to get up to speed and ready to play games that count?
8: It's a great question, and um, you, you're going to have some sense of we've got to get back and, and, and we got to have workouts and maybe some inter-squads and probably some sort of exhibition games, P- primarily for the pitchers. I, I think hitters, you could give them a week, and they could get themselves pretty close to being ready to go, and they could adjust on the fly as the season got started. But with starting pitchers, you want to stretch them out a little bit, right? I mean, you don't want to start the season and, and only have your starting pitcher be able to maybe give you two innings, and then you got to go to the pen. It's it's everything with this year is going to be different, and so I, I'm not sure exactly how much time you're going to need. Uh, at least a, at least a handful of weeks probably uh, to to build some guys up a little bit. You're probably looking at expanded rosters of some sort, Greg. I think everybody understands that that's probably something that's going to happen when whenever the season does start. Um, but I, but, but I don't know exactly how much time you need. Um, I know for hitters, spring training is probably longer than it needs to be, but it is important to have that time for the pitchers to really get themselves built up. And, and it, it helps in defensive against injuries and things of that nature. It's, it's, it's important to be, um, I think cautious and conservative in that way, if you can be, but I don't think we're going to see a lot of guys going seven or eight innings right out of the gate, no matter when the regular season starts, because you probably aren't going to have. That, and you don't see that anyway. I mean, you don't see that in April very often. I mean, it does happen, but it's not its not as frequent in April as it is maybe once you get into the dog days of summer with guys trying to go complete games or, or go deep into games. And let's be honest, the games changed in that regard too, right? Guys don't go as deep into games as they used to anyway. But um, I, you're not going to see that. Uh, I think you're going to see guys going three, four innings, maybe, maybe even five at, at, on the high end, probably those first couple of times through the rotation.
1: All right, well, we, we're, we're ready for those days where you're with us every week uh, that's talking about actual things, but um, we're glad to hear that you're safe and everybody's healthy in your household, and hopefully we get some uh, better news as we move into the month of May.
8: That's what we're all hoping for. I mean, we're hoping for it for everybody, not just not just for baseball, but for, for all the businesses out there and for, for all the people that are out there. I mean, we, we hope that we can get to a point where it's safe, where everybody can start resuming their lives uh, a little bit closer towards the norm. And obviously we're thinking about college sports as well. And, and, uh, Hey, baseball's always on my mind. Look, look at my shirt today, three up, three down. <laughs> you like that? You like do? That? always on my mind, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the world I live in, but we're, we're, we're very cognizant of, of everybody else's challenges that they have right now. And we just hope that, that we keep getting some, some better news slowly, but surely on this front and, and that we can get back to, to getting people, uh, back on their feet
1: again. The Omaha Storm Chasers have put out a tweet tonight, Ben, saying the report circulating around that the 2020 major minor league season is canceled is false. Thank you for the continued support, and when we have an update for the start of the 2020 season, we will announce on all of our social media channels, website, and everything else we can to announce it. So they're pushing back on, As you know, like I said, it's I've seen it several different places today, particularly late this afternoon, so um, they're obviously hearing that up in the Sworn Chasers. And like you said, it's, it's a great value to go out and watch some baseball. And you usually see some pretty good players, guys that have either played in the big leagues or are on their way to the big leagues that come through Omaha. We've had some really cool guys come down through from the Royals organization in a rehab assignment to, to play some games. Gordon has played there. Moustakas played some games there. I think Hosmer played a few games there. So you can go on and on about a lot of great players that have come through there. Was it a couple years ago? Kershaw was supposed to come through and make a start for whatever the Dodgers' Triple A, but then that
6: didn't happen, right? That was my yeah, I went to that, that game. Um, I actually was gonna go to that. It was uh, Albuquerque Isotopes uh, was the was their team, and there was tons of Dodgers fans there. But they ended, yeah, they ended up pushing it pushing it back because they uh, they brought him straight up. They they skipped his rehab assignment, and that was basically going to turn into. Uh, you know, a major league uh, rehab assignment where he was on a strict pitch count, and you know, only pitched, I don't know, 30, 40 pitches or whatever it was uh, for the Dodgers, and just skipped his assignment altogether. But yeah, Bryce Harper, um, Gordon, there's been all kinds of uh, of big time names that have that have come to the ballpark, and it's been cool. It's been fun, fun for the people of Omaha to watch you know some people that they Manny Ramirez I remember when he was making his comeback played in played in that park too so yeah some some uh some funny funny old names seem to pop up at those uh at those games what's your uh give me a grade card on Werner Park you like it Oh, I, it's perfect. It's perfect for what they want to do. Um, it's not overly big. It's not like you you know you walk into TD Ameritrade and they they're you know it's a tenth full. It's perfect size for what they want to do. It's family friendly. Uh, there's all kinds of th- things for the kids to do. Very interactive for uh, young boys too, like baseball age boys who want to go. You know hit home runs on their mini field or, you know, hang out by the bullpens. And that's the fun thing about minor league games is those players are very engaging uh, with the fans too. So it's fun to, it's fun to watch. It's fun to, to, to be a part of it. And also adults, you know, there's cold beverages you can enjoy, and there's not a bad seat in that place. So it, it's a great time. It was a big deal when they decided to build out there, take it away from
1: downtown Omaha even though Rosenblatt really wasn't in downtown Omaha either, but it was right there next to the zoo. It, it was a few blocks to the south of downtown Omaha, but to move it out in the burbs, it was controversial. And people said, well, why are we building TD Ameritrade if you're not going to play there? I get it from the storm Chasers. They didn't need a 24,000-seat stadium, I and mean, they just would have been rattling around there a lot of empty seats if they'd have played at TD Ameritrade. I think they made a right decision. I mean, you can debate whether they put it in the right spot out, out there, right off of I-80. But I think they made the right decision to go with a much
6: smaller park. They don't need all those seats for games. Well, and remember when they played at Rosenblatt, there were a lot of those seats were taped off. All the right. outfield had the tarps on it, and you know we were just at the Bricktown last year and had they had it all tarped up, you know, for their AAA facility as well for their team. So, yeah, it's just unnecessary, and you know it causes a big headache for those you know stadium folks and and the front office to figure out what they're going to do with all that space and with td getting
1: the long-term contract with the big 10 it gives them two big events to have there. you know and that big 10 tournament goes over five days and then the college world series goes for nearly two weeks so you get it's a nice little use of that stadium for a good run there in late may and then into late July. Good show, good hour tonight. Congrats to Ben. He's just dominating the faceoff. And good to hear from Lane Grindle again here. Um, And hopefully we get Lane on a more regular basis if we can get some Major League Baseball cranked up and going again. Good hour here on Sports Nightly. Our best-of game Friday night. Going back to the first Husker win in the Big Ten over Ohio State.